From Public Radio International, this is The World. A co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. It's Friday, February 17th. I'm Marco Werman. Libyans mark the first anniversary of the rebellion against Gaddafi. We'll hear from Benghazi, where the uprising began. Also, we remember Anthony Shadid, the Times correspondent who died in Syria, and his personal journey through the Middle East. And later, a surgeon's mission to help acid attack victims in his native Pakistan. Now, I've been working in plastic surgery for over 17, 18 years, and I've been doing burns for over 10 years, but I've never come across with such vicious act of violence in my life. BBC News with Nick Kelly. The United Nations says the number of Malian refugees fleeing the fighting between Tuareg rebels and the military has doubled over the past 10 days. It says more than 44,000 have crossed into neighbouring countries. Our Africa editor Martin Plout reports. People have been crossing in their thousands into Mauritania, Niger and Burkina Faso, where the UNHCR has been registering them. The conflict has been fierce, with government forces using helicopter gunships in an attempt to retake towns seized by the rebels. Amnesty International described the fighting, which erupted in January, as the worst human rights crisis in northern Mali for 20 years. Images of Malian soldiers, who'd apparently been executed with their hands tied behind their backs, have been circulating. This has led to attacks on Tuaregs in the capital, Bamako. Police in Italy say they've seized fake U.S. Treasury bonds worth $6 trillion. Their value is equal to almost half of the entire U.S. national debt. From Rome, Alan Johnston reports. This is a case of attempted international fraud on the most extraordinary scale. The police say that the $6 trillion worth of counterfeit U.S. bonds were seized in Switzerland. They were found in fake American Federal Reserve security boxes in a raid in January. And now several arrests have been made in different parts of Italy. Investigators say the gang may have been planning to sell the bogus bonds to investors in emerging economies or to more mainstream brokers. The US Secretary of State Hillary Clinton and the EU foreign policy chief Catherine Ashton say they are cautiously optimistic that talks with Iran about its nuclear program might resume. The assessment comes after Iran's nuclear negotiator Saad Jalili sent a letter to Baroness Ashton saying Tehran was ready to restart discussions. Mrs Clinton said Western powers had to be assured Iran would stay in talks until it came into compliance with international obligations. We have been reviewing Iran's proposal to resume talks on its nuclear activities and consulting closely. This response from the Iranian government uh, is one we've been waiting for. And if we do proceed, it will uh, have to be a sustained effort that can produce results. The head of News Corporation, Rupert Murdoch, has told staff at the biggest-selling British tabloid, The Sun, that he's lifting the suspension of ten journalists arrested over alleged bribery. Announcing that the newspaper would bring out an edition on Sundays, he said the staff had his unwavering support but added that illegal activities would not be tolerated. Libyans have been celebrating the first anniversary of the start of the revolution that toppled Muammar Gaddafi. Thousands have gathered in the central square in Benghazi, where the uprising began, with mothers holding pictures of their sons who died in the fighting, while singers and poets performed. World News from the BBC. 
The Chinese Deputy Foreign Minister Jai Jun has arrived in the Syrian capital Damascus in an effort to mediate a day after China voted against a second UN resolution condemning violence by the Syrian government. Anti-government activists say 40 people were killed on Friday, some by security forces who opened fire on protesters after Friday prayers. The party led by the Burmese pro-democracy campaigner Aung San Suu Kyi says an election rival has revived a challenge to her candidacy for parliament. The complaint has been brought by a politician who's running against Ms Suu Kyi in a by-election in April. It's one of a string of by-elections in which Ms Suu Kyi's party is due to rejoin the political process. Viv Marsh reports. Burma's nominally civilian administration had changed the electoral laws to clear the way for her National League for Democracy to take part.